Welcome back to the Breaking Butterfly podcast, or if you're new here, welcome. My name is Maddie Maple, and on this podcast, we talk all things confidence. And today, you guys are in for a very special treat, very special episode, and I am I'm so excited about this one. I got to have an incredible guest on the podcast, and her name is Gabby Ziegler. She's a registered dietitian, um, and in this podcast, we really we really dive deep into, you know, diet, how it affects your self-love, how it affects your confidence, why, um, you know, quote-unquote diets don't work, how to have balance, how to create a healthy lifestyle. We dive deep into our personal journeys with nutrition and diet and and our self-love, and there's so many good, just, just good, um, tips and information and conversation in this interview and um, like I said I, I know you guys are going to benefit so much from this. I believe that that nutrition and, and diet when it comes to our self-love and our confidence and our mental health is so so important and um, you know if you've listened to my podcast from the beginning you know I talked about it I think I say this in the episode too in the interview but I called it like my first step in um changing my confidence or like my first step I took to like becoming more confident and um, it's really so true I think the things that we put in our body and and how we put them in our body and the mindset about it is so so important and essential to just our journeys and and our uh, not only our physical health but our mental health as well so I felt so lucky and so grateful to have Gabby uh, as a guest on the podcast we could dive really deep into it I asked her so many questions just about you know different diets different fads we talked about just working out all of that good stuff um, so that we can really create healthy changes for ourselves and for our lives and for our love um, and yeah, I know you guys are going to love this one. I am not going to blabber anymore. I'm just going to let you guys get right into the interview. All right, guys, I am here with Gabby Ziegler and I am so, so excited. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but she is a registered dietitian and has a master's in nutrition and um, we are going to dive dive deep into diet today and, and eating and really how it affects our life, our confidence, our self-love. I don't know if you guys remember, but one of my very first episodes, I was talking about nutrition. I literally called the episode the first step I took to changing my confidence. And I talked all about like nutrition and how I was juicing and eating healthier. And that's what really like got me out of my depression. But then I haven't talked about it since, and I am guilty of falling off a little bit with my diet. So this this episode could not have you know come at a more perfect time for me, and I know it's going to benefit you guys so much as well. So, Gabby, if you would just share with us who you are, where you're located, uh, what you do, and and also I would love to know what you're passionate about besides work. Just anything you feel inspired to share with us. 
Okay, well, thank you, Maddie, for the introduction. My name is Gabby Ziegler, and I'm a recently registered dietitian, and I also have my master's in nutrition. I'm currently up in the Sacramento area looking for a full-time job, um, but aside from talking about nutrition, learn about nutrition, um, I'm really passionate about art. I kind of do art on the side, just sell my pieces, do it when I feel like I have it in me to be creative. <laughs> but um, other than that, I'm really just focusing on the job hunt right now and today talking with Maddie a bit more about nutrition and diet and self-confidence. Yes, thank you so much for that. Um, uh, her art too is is amazing. I will link her her Etsy in the show notes of this. But I've always been obsessed with just Gabby in general. But when she started posting her work, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. So I will post uh, that in the in the show notes and everything. And obviously, you guys will have her Instagram to see more about her and her life and what she does. Um, but thank you so much for that. Uh, the first question I have for you is just you know, first of all, what, what inspired you to become a dietitian? Um, well, it didn't start until later in my college career, but growing up, I always did sports. I played lacrosse, tennis, soccer. I don't know, you name it. I kind of tried everything. So diet was like a part of that, seeing how I performed, but I really wasn't kind of into it as I am now. Mm -hmm. um, and it really wasn't until my freshman year of college that I was on the track to do um, pre-med and I was in a basic nutrition class and I loved it. Everything just seemed to kind of fall into place. I was really clicking with the information. Mm -hmm. um, it just came really naturally to me, really easy. So that's when I was like, hmm, maybe I don't want to be a doctor. <laughs> maybe that's a little too much for me, but I want to go into dietetics. So mm -hmm. I found a program and actually switched schools so that I could pursue my career as a dietitian. And then um, I think it was my junior year, once I finally transferred, um, all my classes just aligned up with what I wanted to do. Everything came really easy to me um, in that sense because I loved it. I still had to work super hard because the classes were not easy. But when you do it and you love it, I feel like that's when it just kind of flows for you. And then from there on out, I just found my passion and I've stuck with it. And so here I am today. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So you didn't actually plan to be a dietitian. You just got into a class and something inside of you just said, this is it. Yeah. I had a bee in my bonnet since I was like, I don't know, 10 that I was like, I'm going to be a pediatrician. My grandparents were doctors. My uncle's a doctor. I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, but then yeah, getting in my freshman year, all those chemistry classes were super hard. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually you still have to have all the chemistry and OCHEM for becoming a dietitian as well. So I guess that kind of helped out, but the nutrition class is really what stuck with me and just felt right in my heart. Yeah. Oh, I love that you just said right in your heart because yeah. I think a lot of people that look for their purpose and their passion are looking with their mind and our mind is an incredible tool, but, um, it's, it's also full of doubts and lies and it's really, really messy in our mind. And so listening to your heart to find your purpose, I think is key, honestly. So I think it's just when you know, you know, that kind of thing, like on all smack, I'm sorry, aspects like relationships, job, career. It's like, you just feel it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and I think there's something to be said about just 
following following a certain urge, right? You followed your urge to become a pediatrician or a doctor. And I think some people are scared to take the wrong step, right? They want to go back to school, but they're like, oh, I'm terrified because what if I pick the wrong thing? But you just going for something led you to what you're actually supposed to do. Right. Because if you don't go for anything, you're not going to get anywhere. So might as well try and see where you end up. Yeah. And I, I truly believe that those, those kinds of urges and just like, you know, going full force on, on what you think you should be doing, even if it's not right, you will be led to, to what you're supposed to be doing. So I I love that. Also, uh, you said you played lacrosse. Yes. (laughs) That's like fucking badass. It was scary to say the least. (laughs) I think I played from when I was about 12 until 17. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, some of the girls, I was probably one of the more timid players, but some of the girls on my team were ruthless, like breaking hips, breaking noses. Like it got crazy. Yeah. Lacrosse is a, like, I've always been very intrigued by lacrosse. I like used to have some neighbors that had like lacrosse sticks and I was always like trying to twirl them around, but they were like telling me, you know, if someone's like holding their stick, you could like grab yours and like yank them down. And I was like, like check their stick to get the ball out, but you can, people will hit that hard. (gasps) Okay. You're already like, okay, 10 badass points to you. (laughs) (laughs) you. I try. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. So um, I'm curious to hear about your self-love and your confidence journey and, and how diet has played a part in that. Um, like I said, I, I think that diet, uh, when I first started my journey was a really big part of my journey. Um, and like I said, it's something that I still struggle with, but I see such a strong correlation in how I feel about myself and my eating habits, maybe not even just the foods that I eat, but how I eat them as well. And my mindset about my food. Can you share a little bit about your journey? Yeah. Um, it's definitely been a long one. Um, I don't know kind of what started or what kind of put this first initial thought in my head when I was maybe like 12, but I guess like pre-pubescent, pubescent age, just like when self-image started to really be kind of a core factor in my life. It's, I think that's when I like started trying to like diet or just, I don't know, quote unquote, get skinnier. Cause I don't know, either my friends were skinnier or that's when we started reading like all those J 14 magazines, whatever it was, who knows, you know, those old like pop cape, I don't know, pop some type of magazine with the posters that you can take out of it. That used to be, the posters were my form of wallpaper. It was so tacky, but I loved it. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. I love that you brought that up. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that's kind of a pretty young age, but from there, I kind of unfortunately kind of kept with that kind of diet mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I don't really know what kind of like triggered that um, because like my parents are always just like been super loving or always have like a positive idea with food and like meal times and stuff but then especially in high school I think is when it got more intense I guess because I started really kind of restricting what I ate and I think at one point I was like doing that my fitness pal with like the calorie Mm -hmm. counter type deal and I was only eating like a net of like 500 calories like working out three hours a day like Mm -hmm. at the time I didn't really even think like that was an issue. I was like, Oh, it's fine. Like I'm just eating less and working out like so I can lose weight, be skinnier. Mm -hmm. And like looking back now and especially after learning about 
all these types of like disordered eating, I'm like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I like was doing that to myself when I was younger. And like, what good did it do? Like, it just kind of gave me this negative self image. And really, I mean, that's no way to live your life. And that's definitely not healthy. Like 500 calories, that's like not even enough for a baby. And here I am like a 17 year old playing lacrosse. Um, But I think that, especially now learning more about it and like being like in the profession that I am, it's been a long journey, but I finally have just given myself more like freedom around food and also just like learning how to enjoy working out without thinking like I ate that piece of pizza and now I have to go run two miles or something. And I think Maddie and I were talking about this a little bit before. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of in that mentality of doing all or nothing as far as like diet and health. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking like I have to eat perfect all the time, have to work out every day. And if I don't or mess up that one time, like screw it, the diet's over. I messed up. Like I'm just going to gain weight and be like a slug or something, you know? Yeah. I really don't think that's, I think a lot of people need to kind of rewire their brain to think differently because we all think like, okay, I'm starting my diet tomorrow. But then like, we know, diets are always restrictive. And do you want to do a restrictive diet for the rest of your life? Or do you want to just like implement little healthy changes? I don't know. I feel like I just went on a tangent, but. (laughs) That was the best tangent. Um, Because, sorry, my sound is echoing really bad. Um. I think that, you know, I I think that way. I feel that way. I was telling Gabby, I feel that way. I feel like if I, I have to be all vegan or nothing, I have to do all gluten-free or nothing, or I have to do, like, I try to do the whole 30 or nothing. And I just have this mindset of, you know, once I fuck it up once, then, then it's over. And isn't it strange that we have like this diet culture where, we're supposed to just like push ourselves really hard to be healthy for a couple weeks or a couple months. And then like, and then it's over. And then we say, okay, now my diet is over. Now I'm done being healthy. Now I can go back to like, to living, uh, like how I was. It's so crazy. I know. I just, that's, I guess, you know, the diet culture diet, whoever's selling us all these ideas of like, you need to be on a diet. It's just, you think about it. Cause it's like the night before you start a diet too, yeah. I'm guilty of it. I know friends are guilty. They're like, okay, kind of like last supper, I'm going to just like gorge myself on pizza, donuts, mac and cheese, whatever. Cause now I can't eat it for like a week, two yeah. weeks. Like why? Just. And, and what is that telling to our, ourselves and like our subconscious is like, uh, you, you're like disciplining yourself uh-huh. in a, in a strange way almost. Yeah. Like denying yourself this thing. Or sometimes you also think like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to eat this for two months. Even let's say you don't normally eat donuts, yeah. but you like 10 that night. Cause now, you know, like that option isn't there. It's like actually more unhealthy than, than just having one like once a week. Exactly. Like that's what I've kind of come to also terms with myself. Like if you are really craving like a donut, a piece of pizza, whatever it is that you think is just so horrible, like yeah. have it, just have it. Yeah keep denying yourself it over and over and you're like, well, I'm just going to have carrots instead. Like yeah. carrots aren't like a replacement for a donut. Like you're going to probably end up overeating anyway, or just end up gorging yourself because you've starved yourself so long of that one thing you wanted. Yeah. I, do you see that, um, regularly or have you noticed that people that do restrict themselves a lot, like most likely end up in overeating? Yeah. Especially like with the diets like that, 
they restrict for like a week or two and then either go back to how they were eating before or go back even more in full force. That's how you, have you heard of like kind of the yo-yo diet or like they'll lose the weight, they stop the diet and then they'll gain weight or even more than they yeah. had even weighed before they started. Yeah. And that comes with that idea of like restricting. It's like you can't have it, but the second you can, it's like all bets are off and you just kind of go crazy. Yeah, totally. So what would you say then to someone that does want to lose a little bit of weight? Um, and, and so they know that like, you know, maybe eating a donut or having pizza in their mind, it's just, it is making them fatter. How would you like express to them that it is okay if they do want to lose weight? Yeah. Um, if you're really wanting to lose weight and you still think you're going to want to give into quote unquote, your urges to eat the pizza or donut or something like, mm-hmm. why not have half that day and have half the other or something? Mm-hmm. I feel like that also comes with that restrictive mindset. Yeah. You think that you're never like going to be able to have it again, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, if I just eat half or just, I don't know, just eat a little less of it today, I can still have the other half tomorrow. Yeah. Like we go in this like primal, like, oh my God, like I'm never going to have it again. But you can still have it and still lose weight or still enjoy like the taste of it without yeah. eating the whole thing or just saving a little bit for later. Yeah. Like moderation and spacing it out and then still getting like healthy movement. Like you don't have to think like, okay, I had my donut. Let me go run a mile. Mm-hmm. It's just like incorporate your movement throughout the day and don't pick a type of movement that you hate. If you don't like to run, don't run. Yeah. Dance or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, so it's almost just like, moderation and and balance and no one wants to hear that they're like no I want something quicker like yeah but but really the quick fix never never works it never works yeah and again like with the you know having a tree it's like the all or nothing mindset again it's like well I have to eat the whole pizza or not one type of pizza (laughs) and and it's so crazy that we think like that. And it's also so crazy. I wanted to touch on when you were sharing about your experience with like dieting in in high school, when you didn't even know it, it blows my mind that that is so normal to us that we don't even realize that, um, you know, maybe we have unhealthy eating habits or even a disorder because it is so normalized in our society right now. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think that we we as a community, like as women can, can start changing that and can start kind of, you know, unnormalizing it. I mean, we're doing it right here on this call, but yeah. I was just about to say like talking about it more because mm-hmm. like I said, a lot of girls or women might not even realize what they're doing is like an unhealthy habit mm-hmm. because a, they're not sharing it with anyone or they're just doing it at home and not in public, yeah. but definitely talking about it. Um, reading books too. Honestly, this book that I have is called intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe Maddie can link it. I feel like this is a really good, just kind of basis for unlearning like the diet culture and just really, they have like 10 principles, kind of like honoring your hunger, respecting your fullness. Um, let's see what else is in here. Um, coping with your emotions, like with kindness, just kind of also asking yourself, like, am I eating because I'm physically hungry or am I eating because I'm sad or lonely, depressed, angry? I feel like even I've been doing that with my dad. Sometimes I'll be like, are you eating right now? Cause you're bored or hungry. And he's like, 
yeah, I'm really not hungry. And then so he like doesn't eat. And so it just helps like maybe with either mm. overeating or unhealthy eating habits because of your emotions. Yeah. Um, so definitely this book is good. I've just been reading it too, to try to get like a good grasp on the whole intuitive eating aspect. Yeah. I love the words intuitive eating. I just love intuition, intuition. And again, like listening to our hearts on, on what feels right. I want to come back to the whole coping thing. I have that starred uh, on a piece of paper in front of me, but I want, um, if you will, please just share with us before we go further, like what are, like, what is the basis of of a diet, what our diet should look like. Like I have so many questions about, should I eat a lot of meat? Should I just eat a little bit of meat? Are some meats worse than other meats? Do I need these vitamins and minerals? I was asking Gabby, like, I'm, I'm so confused on what vegetables do I need to eat? Like, do I need to eat every single type or can I just eat broccoli every night and still get what I need? Um, so share just kind of like a, an overview so we have a good idea and also a little bit of like why why it's important, why each part of the diet is so important for us. Yeah, definitely. So I was telling Maddie earlier that kind of just as a general guideline, everyone's going to be different though because no two bodies are the same, no person is the same. So take this for what you will, but a like healthful diet, like you want to maybe think of your plate when you're eating. Mm-hmm. like half your plate should be filled with like your fruits and vegetables of all different colors mm-hmm. and like a quarter of it really should only be protein I know a lot of people maybe make like half their plate like a giant piece of steak so that's like their main course basically but really protein is kind of seen as like a little side dish as like a quarter mm-hmm. of your plate and then the other quarter to make up the last entire half is um like your carb mm-hmm. so Carbs are found in a lot of food and also carbs are the number one fuel source for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever people are like doing low carbs or thinking carbs are going to make you fat, that's like the furthest from the truth. Yeah. Anything can make you fat. Like if you eat it in excess, mm. it's going to stick on you. If you don't, you know, just anything in excess. That's why we're talking moderation. Yeah. Say that one more time about the carbs, please. Carbs will not make you fat. They are your number one fuel source for your body. And also it's the only fuel that your brain can use. So that's like a main thing when you don't eat a lot of carbs and you're feeling kind of like foggy or you can't concentrate Mm because your brain uses only glucose, which is um, another just term for sugar. Mm -hmm. So if you're not eating carbs, you're not going to be giving your body the fuel it needs. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference between like sugar carbs and the complex carbs? And will the sugar carbs make make you maybe more fat than the other ones. That's actually like a belief I have that I'm just realizing. Okay. So you have just overall carbohydrate and then there's two forms of carbs or simple carbohydrates, like, which is what you're talking about, like refined sugars and then you have complex carbohydrates. Yeah. So the simple ones are like the ones you find, like the added sugars, the white breads, the refined sugar, like Mm -hmm. your actual white sugar and just kind of those processed type foods. And then the complex carbohydrate is going to be like your whole grains um, because they have to break down into the simple. They make you feel fuller longer. They give you longer energy mm-hmm. versus the others kind of like that quick type of energy. And that's why people will be all energetic. Let's say like, I don't know, you eat candy, but then you crash. Yep. Like if you get the sugar from like a energy drink, it'll get all hyped up, but then you crash. Versus and then you need another one. 
Right. And you just keep drinking them. <laughs> that's, that's my cycle is with, with the sugar, like not as much energy drinks, but you know, I'll have my little, a little treat. And then I start feeling like tired. I'm like, I think I need another treat. And then soon <laughs> I'm just like eight Oreos in like two candy bars in. I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? Um, you can't bring Oreos around me though. That's just, I don't buy them because I will eat like a line yeah. and it's gone in three days since there's only three lines in the pack. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, have you had the carrot cake ones? Oreos? Yes. No. Guys, everybody go to your local store and get a fucking pack of carrot cake Oreos. They are so good. They're almost like they almost have like a pumpkin flavor too, in a way. I don't know. They're just, they're so good. Flavor. Oh. I'm going to have to go get some right after this. My mom will be so happy. <laughs> they're so delicious. Um, oh my God. I have like so many things to ask you. Um, do we, okay. So do we need simple carbs? Do they yeah. do anything for us? They do. Like I said, they're going to give you like your quick energy, but for the most part, you want to make at least half your carbs during the day, like the whole grains, which are the complex carbs, mm-hmm. give you the longer lasting energy. They won't make you crash. You're going to have longer energy and just probably feel better too. Because like you said, or like I said, sorry, the simple sugars make you crash. And then you want to eat another candy bar. Cause you're like, Oh, I crashed. I need another. Yeah. If you ate like a complex carb, you won't feel that crash and probably wouldn't need like another snack or something I don't know a couple hours later instead but um like like roller coaster exactly and that's not good like for your blood sugar either to have kind of like spikes and dips and spikes and dips Mm -hmm. it's like better better just for your body to keep it kind of like at a constant Mm -hmm. level for your blood sugar it's kind of just like homeostasis you know keep it keep it level yeah but it's not to say that you can't eat simple sugars like our oreos that we're talking about like yeah. If you want an Oreo, go get those carrot cake Oreos. <laughs> those carrot cake. After you listen to this episode, do not feel like, okay, now I need to just go eat a shit ton of veggies. Eat your veggies. Moderate. Yes. <laughs> Oreo with veggies. Oreo with your veggies. Um, that's one thing that I, actually a fun fact, I like my certification for coaching. I took health coaching. I thought it was life coaching, but it was actually health coaching. So I took this whole like course, obviously not as in, in depth as you and I, yeah. Um, but they're talking a lot about phasing in to phase out, which I thought this was so interesting. So, um, instead of like focusing on what you can't eat and like, you know, getting rid of a bunch of foods, just phase in foods that make you feel good. And it'll actually make you want to phase out those, those other foods. So once you start eating, you know, your half plate of fruits and veggies, which I don't think, you know, a lot of Americans do. Once you start eating your half plate of fruit and veggies and then a little meat and your complex carbs, you might not even want the Oreos because you're going to feel so fucking good. Phasing the good stuff to phase out the bad. I think that's a really good point too. A lot of people, I think, kind of harp on like, okay, now I cannot eat this. You need to think like, okay, what can I eat like still? Because then that's kind of the same diet type of mindset of like the restriction. Like I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I have to clear out my pantry now. Like leave your pantry the way it is. Maybe just go out the next time you're grocery shopping and like grab a couple new veggies or grab like whole wheat pasta or just the little changes like eventually add up. And like Maddie said, once you start eating like this way and incorporating more healthy um, 
food item. Sometimes you might not even want the Oreo or like you don't have that taste for like, oh, I want something sweet now because you feel good. You feel full from like your dinner. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't have before you have kind of a dissatisfying dinner. So you're like, okay, now I need my Oreos, my ice cream and some chips to finish it off. Yeah. Oh my me I'm like pointing you out like yes Maddie does this (laughs) she's like calling me out this whole time like I said I feel like this episode couldn't have came at a uh better time like food is just some something that I have always always struggled with but I'm like I eat my healthy dinner I'm like hmm all right where is my dessert I'm like stuffed for my dinner just still like looking for yeah like, like my little treat um Oh, but but so going back to the whole conversation of of the basis of um, yeah. of nutrition, uh, the protein thing. So a lot of people are into fitness right now, and we got the protein shakes. We have people saying to eat, you know, over a hundred grams of protein. I know when I worked out, I ate at least one hundred thirty grams of protein. So that's like a a lot for a small girl like me. Um, because I wanted to build muscle. Uh, what, what would you say about that and the, the protein? I know everyone has their different opinions. So if you're a bodybuilder out there listening and don't agree, that's totally fine. Um, but just from what we've learned, like the average adult, like healthy adult, you only need 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. Mm. So I know this is like some math in there, but basically, um, let's say if you weigh like 120 pounds, yeah. you divide that by 2.2. So like 120 pound girl weighs basically 55 kilograms. Okay. If you multiply that by 0.8, that's not even one. You only need 44 grams of protein wow. okay. for the day. Yeah. So that's just like your average healthy person. You really only need 0.8 gram per kilogram. So like Maddie just said, when she was working out quite a bit, she was still consuming like 130 I'd still say that's even like way too much even if you're like bodybuilding yeah but again if you do that now and you're bodybuilding and you're super buff go ahead but but again like it's gonna be like with anything if you eat just like an excess in protein fat or carbs and you don't utilize it you're gonna like end up storing it as fat Mm. so I mean, for me, I work out, I try to work out. Well, now the gyms are closed again because uh, of COVID, but. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> never open back up again. Oh, right. Because you're down south. Yeah, yeah. They've been like once for like a minute and then shut back down again. For yeah. Ours are open for a little bit, like a past month or two. And then they just closed like three days ago. So <laughs> I need to go on a walk or something. I don't know. But um, so like, even when I'm working out, like I don't really focus on like, okay, I was lifting. I did legs today. Like I need to eat like 40 extra grams of protein. Cause that's like double what I need in a day. Mm-hmm. I just make sure like I am getting enough, if anything, maybe like 10 extra grams, okay. but the protein is basically there to help like repair your muscles. If you tear them when you're working out, mm-hmm. help with any other kind of growth, they help to make up like your cells in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the main thing with that, just kind of go based off of your weight. Like what I said, you can Google it too. If you need to see like how much protein should I be eating for my body weight? Yeah. Um, but the main thing, yeah, if you're eating anything in excess, like, like that, like Maddie said, 130, I don't think I can even like physically consume that much protein in a day unless I'm, you know, like, too. yeah, 
struggling to eat that much. I was trying to, uh, if you guys have seen Katia Henry, have you seen her? Um, I love her. I have her workout clothes, her yoga mat. Her just like... I like, that was the goal. That was the goal. I was fucking packing in the calories, like trying to gain weight. I like, don't, uh, I don't, I don't gain weight. So I was like, it was difficult for me to, I was just eating all of the food. Um, and that's when I was like eating that much, but, but then I have heard that, that you really don't need that protein. But I think, um, the fitness industry especially has brought a lot of the diet culture, right? The Mm -hmm. eating plans, counting the macros, and also like the protein shakes, the supplements, thinking you need like amino acids and like all these crazy things. Honestly, most of it is just like marketing. Like they're just trying to make money off you, I believe. So it's, it's kind of crazy how the fitness culture has brought that kind of culture. Yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, I would, I've bought like the branch chain amino acids before and like the protein powders and stuff, but even like taking that regularly when I'm working out too, like I really don't notice like that much of a difference. Yeah. I mean, the whole point behind like the branch chain is that they're more easily like absorbed when you're working out. Yeah. But I mean, again, like if you're eating a pretty balanced diet and like you're getting enough protein or even like a little bit over what your body really needs, like you're going to be fine. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Just, the fitness industry just sells you or tries to sell so much stuff that it just, you become like bombarded. You're like, what do I take today? Like the shake, the little bar. Yeah. And, and I think that they also bring this, this image, right. That we think like, if I follow everything that this person says, I'm going to look like that. But the thing is, everybody's body is so fucking different. It's so different. My body will never look like Katia Henry's. I've accepted it. I'm over it. <laughs> like, it's that's a big thing. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. These it people that are like selling you like follow this workout plan to look like me. Yep. I'm easy to think like okay, it's so simple. Just eat that, do this, and I will look like that. But in reality, mm-hmm. especially if you're like me, I'm so short. I'm like five two and a quarter. But then I see these girls that are like fitness models that are like five, nine. I'm like, I can totally look like that. I'm like, I physically cannot, I cannot grow seven inches. I cannot grow those legs. Like I can gain muscle, but I'm going to just like look different from that. Yeah, totally. And I, I think, I think, okay, this is coming through to me. I think a lot of our diet issues would be solved if we could just accept our bodies how they are and just know that everyone's bodies are different because I think a lot of the times when we are when we are working out or eating a certain way with the intention of changing our body like I, I worked out really hard for two years every single day for like an hour and a half every day and counted my macros and ate and all this stuff and I will tell you guys my body does not look that different yes, I gained some muscle. Yes. I, I do love my body and it does look a little bit different, but like, I pretty much look the same. You're not going to completely like transform. That's why people push so hard. But if we just accepted our bodies, how they are, I think it would take a lot of, a lot of that stress away. You know, I couldn't agree more with that. And also just also trying to remember, I think I listened to one of your podcasts that you talked about like Facetune and Instagram and stuff. Like sometimes the girls you're looking at too, they don't even look like that. Like they might've Facetuned their butt to be bigger, their waist to be smaller. 
And so you're trying to like achieve this look that they don't even have, like, mm-hmm. it's so messed up. Like that's just not even real then or, you know, so I don't know, at least for me too, I've started like muting or unfollowing some more of like the fitness girls that I used to follow that mostly just post their body and said, follow things that post like food or different recipes or just mm-hmm. kind of backtracking away from like, just staring at like, Oh, I want that body. I need to look like that instead. Just be like, Oh, what can I eat? That's like yummy and fun to make. That's such a beautiful point you break up. You know that I'm big about the whole following and muting people and yeah. like what, what you're consuming on, on Instagram, especially uh, I had to unfollow all of the fitness girls too. It just like, wasn't resonating with me anymore. And with the Facetune, like, I know I got really obsessed with like accounts that like expose influencers. It's so bad of me, but it, it did make me feel better because for so long I compared myself to them. And then I started to see these fitness models, um, no hate to them, but I did see them to start, start getting exposed and people were calling out their Facetunes. And I was like, wow, okay they are real people and I am a real person and it's okay for me to look like that or look like this because they look like that too. They just don't show it. They show you what they want you to see. And we eat it up. (laughs) Eat it up. We were like, yes, give me more. (laughs) Oh, it's so crazy. So, um, I love that. Like we're still on this one question, but we keep going on these tangents and I love it. So the basis basis of, of like a diet. Um, so we know the plate now, can you speak about this, uh, the rainbow of, of food and okay. Two questions. Are there, are there different proteins that are better than other proteins? And, um, also talk about like the vegetables and kind of like the rainbow, how I was saying, like, I'm confused about what vegetables to eat. Okay. Um, well with the protein scientifically, I think they say, is it the egg? That's like the most highly biological value. Like it's really good protein, just the egg itself, however Mm -hmm. you eat it. I, myself, I eat a ton of, I love eggs. I like fried, scrambled, hard boiled, whatever. I'm an eggy girl, but, um, so that's really good. Like eggs are good for you. I know there's that talk about like the yolk and eggs raising your cholesterol. Mm-hmm. but there's quite a few studies that say even if like you eat two or three eggs a day, it really won't raise your like serum cholesterol that much. So I know that's kind of deterred people from like eating eggs or eating the yolk mm-hmm. or anything, but mm-hmm. no, that's okay. You can eat your eggs or if you're really concerned, eat your egg whites. They're still high in protein. Mm-hmm. Um, and then chicken, I know depending on where you get it, if it's like pumped full of different antibiotics and stuff, then that's not going to be the best for you. But chicken itself is good for you because it's really lean and high in protein. Mm-hmm. Um, it can have like upwards of like 20 grams of protein, like per one or two ounces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then salmon or fish just in general, that's another really good protein. It's just, you need to eat a variety if you do eat like animal sources. And I would say eat a variety because you're going to get a lot of different nutrients like salmon you can get your omega-3 fatty acids. It's high in protein and good um, healthy fats, which you're not going to find those omega-3s in like chicken. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like white fish, like tilapia, those don't have omega-3s, but they're really lean. They have like no fat, but they're still high in protein. Mm-hmm. And then we get to our meat or just like from cow or anything. Those are going to be higher in like saturated fat. 
which you don't want to eat too much of. So if you do eat red meat, to try to only eat it like once a week. Really? Um, yeah, because like the chicken doesn't really have the saturated fat as much as the um, as the red meat. Because I mean, you can even physically see like you know the marbling in meat, the white parts. Like that is the fat. Yeah. So. What does saturated fats do to you? Why is it bad for you? Because I love like, <laughs> red meat. So saturated fat basically means that, okay, on the chemical level, like all the bonds are saturated with hydrogen. So like they're solid at room temperature. So like butter, um, like the animal fats like that. Yeah. And then those just kind of raise your risk for more like heart disease. And if you eat too much of it, then that, that's when the plaque starts to build up in arteries and stuff. Oh, okay. Not to like scare everyone of like heart disease. <laughs> uh -huh. That is like what saturated fats do. So like those more solid fats. Um, so again, like we've been talking, I feel like moderation, like if you love your red meat, like you can still have your red meat, but I wouldn't recommend eating it like five nights out of the week. Mm. So I can't have in and out every single night with like three meat patties. <laughs> I'm going to have to say no. <laughs> well, what's funny is, um, so I worked at In-N-Out for five years and I ate a double-double every single day for five years. Every day. For okay. five years. And you're here. So you know what? It's okay. <laughs> I'm here, but maybe not for long. So take it from me, guys. No, I'm no. <laughs> You will. You can eat half your plate of fruits and veggies. You'll be good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I eat a lot more veggies now. <laughs> um, oh, that's so, that's so good to know about that. Um, for me, I'm sure other people, uh, will like that as well. A lot of these questions I'm like, yes, I'm asking for the listeners, but really I'm asking for me. Yeah. And then about the vegetables. So, yeah. so eat your, eat the rainbow. Eat that's the rainbow. what I feel like they harped on us too, like in undergrad, just mm. eat the rainbow, eat all the colors, um, all the different colors of vegetables, each kind of have their own properties and nutrients. Like I was telling Maddie, like the dark leaf, dark leafy green vegetables are going to be like high in vitamin K. Some even have like a little bit of protein mm. um, and some even like with a little bit of omega threes, but that's different from like a tomato or your carrot, like tomato has vitamin C, it has lycopene, which is like a <laughs> getting into like the technical stuff, but they have like your antioxidants and then like a carrot will have your vitamin A. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is good for vision and good for your skin. Mm -hmm. So everything kind of has its different function. So when you eat everything, you're getting all your bases. Mm -hmm. And I know Maddie had asked me like, what if I only like eat broccoli and like, Hey, if you're only going to eat broccoli because that's the only thing that you like and will ever eat, then fine. Eat all the broccoli you want, but just try to get other sources of vitamins from your other foods. Like vitamin A, like I said, you can find it like in your orange things. So like cantaloupe or carrots or you see there. So instead of eating like carrots and broccoli, you can eat broccoli and cantaloupe and still get your vitamin K and your vitamin A. That's so interesting that it actually goes by the colors. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I just, yeah, I never thought of it. Yeah. A lot of them like tend to start like overlapping. Like you might see a fruit or vegetable has like vitamin A and vitamin C or one has like vitamin D and vitamin K. Mm -hmm. So that's why you just want to try to get 
I feel like I keep saying it's like moderation, a good balance, kind of a good variety. Yeah. Because if you just eat one thing, you're probably going to be missing out on like three other things. Yeah. So since we keep talking about that and this moderation and this balance, do you have any tips for creating balance? Because I know we're talking about the all or nothing, right? And um, I think just just talking about it, or if you're listening to this episode, just bringing awareness to it will help you start to shift out of that all or nothing mindset. But do you have any other tips uh, on on how to create balance and, and how to create moderation for yourself? Because it kind of takes discipline a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I feel like too, it takes discipline to even like tell yourself like, it's okay. Like if I eat this one thing, it's not going to ruin like my progress or how well I ate today. Cause at the end of the day you ate super good all day and then you eat your candy bar. Like great. You still ate great all day and you had your candy bar, go to bed. You wake up tomorrow. The world is still turning. Like you're going to be fine. (laughs) Like, but, um, I don't know the self, I guess the discipline just comes like with more so practice, but I have, I guess, more tips for just kind of having healthier eating habits. Yeah. I always like suggest, or at least for me to try to like one day out of the week or on the weekend for like an hour or two, you can do your grocery shopping and Mm -hmm. also kind of meal prep in a sense. You don't have to meal prep like the same four meals for the week, but like just chop up some veggies, chop up some fruit, like make things more accessible to you. Cause like when you go and you want a snack and you see like an entire cucumber that's not peeled and not cut up and like some dip, you're like, Oh, that would be a good snack. But these chips are easier because I can just grab one at a time. Yeah. But had you like food prepped and like the cucumbers already peeled and sliced up, then you could have been like, oh, okay, let me just grab that and the dip. Mm-hmm. You know, tiny little changes like that can really make a big difference, but you just have to really I, like dedicate that one hour maybe like on a Sunday or something because I get it like you're, during the week you're so busy yeah. even working from home like you get into doing something and you're like oh now I don't have for time for lunch I have a call in five minutes or whatever yeah. it may be but if you kind of set yourself up um for success in that sense of like just prepping little things even if you don't want to meal prep like an entire meal yeah it's just gonna kind of help you start that process of phasing in like the healthier habits like you were talking about. Yeah. I, I really like that because I think the, the prep is the thing that stops us. Right. Like open the fridge and I have like all these like delicious, healthy things. And then I like check the pantry. I'm like granola bar. (laughs) bar? Perfect. Especially me. I'm like very, uh, how you were saying, you know, okay, like I, I get into my day and then in five minutes I have another call. Like I don't have time. Um, I'm kind of just very like immersed in my work and I like don't eat. My boyfriend actually makes all of my meals for me because I will not eat. Yeah. If I don't. <laughs> um, so I, I love sharing that about, about like on a Sunday, if I just prep my food, you know, if you prep all your, your, your food first then you have no excuse, it is like coronavirus time still we are in quarantine there's really no reason for you to not eat healthy like you like places that you eat out are closed and we are just sitting at home Mm -hmm. I know I know that's I'm like okay quarantine like I'm gonna eat super healthy like do my at-home workout so by the time like the quarantine's lifted I'm gonna be looking so good yeah (laughs) And really, I'm like, okay, we're like eight months in, 
eating my snacks and like not working out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but you know, being a dietitian, do you eat super healthy all the time? I try my best. I really do. Like I'm still human. And as much, I feel like it almost makes it harder. Like knowing so much all the time. It's literally all I think about like food and the nutrients and when I'm going to eat again, like what will I eat? And sometimes overwhelming, but like I still do my best at like, I'm going to eat like half a plate of veggies. I try to eat a lean protein when I can, but that's not to say like pizza is my favorite food. Like on my deathbed, I will have like 12 Costco pizzas and eat them until like I kick it. But (laughs) I love that. Like pizza and diet Coke are like the Holy grail, like diet Coke is my lifeblood. So I'm not going to be one to be like, that food is so bad for you. Like, I can't believe you eat that because yeah. like, I still eat like that, but it's not to say I don't still, I'm not like I eat balanced. That's like the whole thing. I eat balanced. I try to make everything follow that little plate, like half the plate fruits and veggies. I try to eat my whole grains. I really don't eat like any white bread or like yeah. processed bread in that sense for the most part. Like my mom is pretty health conscious and buys like the whole wheat crackers, this and that. And she's always been that way since I was little, even buying like reduced fat Oreos, but I'd still eat like 12 of them. So it didn't matter. (laughs) Made up for it, but I do. And I get it. It's hard. I have to sometimes even remind myself, okay, like, what did you eat today? Like, do you need to eat some more veggies? Should you go eat a yogurt? Like, I still think about it. It's not like it's, I just wake up and eat everything so healthy and so perfect. I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Like it'll even work for me, like having a degree in it. Sometimes it feels even more so because I'm like, oh, okay, people know I'm a dietitian. If I don't eat well, they're going to be like, you're a fake dietitian. You don't even eat healthy. So it's a struggle sometimes still, but yeah. I do what I can. <laughs> but it helps you be mindful. I can totally relate to you on that as um, as a coach as well, like, you know, sometimes I will complain about something or I will, um, yeah, like I'll say something bad about myself every once in a while or, or whatever. And, you know, my boyfriend or someone will be like, aren't you supposed to be a confidence coach? And I'm just like, but also yes, but also I'm human. I'm human. And it's, it also motivates me more to, to be strong and to yeah eat healthier or keep up on my my mindset or whatever it is that we're working on because we do want to be that strong leader um yeah but we're human (laughs) at the end of the day we're human i eat you know a couple more slices of pizza than i intended but it's okay because i'll wake up tomorrow the world is still turning i'll eat a little healthier maybe but don't beat myself up about it that's what i've learned from high school like I've come a long way since then and definitely don't feel as like controlled by food, even though like I'm surrounded by it now studying it. I don't feel anywhere near as controlled by it. Like I did in high school and feel like I have like a much better relationship with food now. Yeah. Mm, I love that you call it a relationship (laughs) because it really should be like, it is like a sacred relationship. It's what's fueling our experience, which sometimes we don't give it the importance that it has. I think like it literally fuels the, the body that we are in, like living on this planet and experiencing life. And it affects so much of our life. Um, 
Oh, I just had something else that I wanted to say and I'm totally losing it. Um, boop, 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 boop. So, so can you share, can you share more habits and more, um, actually, can you share some of like your, your go-to foods that you buy when you grocery shop and like you always have on hand, uh, preferably maybe like easy, like little easy meals, easy snacks and things, um, to help people like create these habits. Yeah. Um, Trader Joe's is my favorite place to go. Um, and from there I'll usually get maybe like one or two of their flavored hummus little containers. Yeah. They're super cheap. I think they're only like a dollar 99 and I love like the tomato basil and there's like a roasted garlic one. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll always get some of those and maybe like a pack of the little baby carrots because like they're already baby size, put it in my hummus, um, eat it with that. I'm trying to think as like I walk around Trader Joe's. Um, usually have like apples and if I'm feeling super lazy, like I'll buy it like the pre-cut ones, but mm -hmm. really you could just buy the apples, like cut them up. And if you don't want them to go brown, you can put um, like lemon juice on them. Ooh. Yeah. To prevent the browning. Um, mm -hmm. Just, I mean, they're still just as good when they start like getting brown, but I know people are just like, ew, they're brown now. Yeah. Um, I actually like, love lemon juice on apples anyway. We yeah. like, Taste. We take a lot of juice and we like cut up the lemons first and then we cut up the apples and we always are just like eating the apples like drenched in lemon juice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So apples and like I love peanut butter and that's just like a solid, I feel like snack food because you get your protein, fat and your carb. Mm -hmm. um, I really like cucumbers since they don't taste like much. Um, and then I'll eat that with my hummus as well. And mm -hmm. also I'll put lemon pepper on it. Super mm -hmm. good. Lemon pepper is my favorite. Yeah. Um, what else do I get from Trader Joe's? It's simple. You can also get like those salad packs that come with everything in it. So I know sometimes you think like, oh, I want to make a salad tonight, but you're like, okay, I need to get spinach, get like a whole carrot, get this and that. And then you have to chop all that up. Mm -hmm. But their little salad packs are just super simple. Come with the dressing. I live off of those. Like I have like six in my fridge at all times. <laughs> so good. Um, avocado toast basic bitch, but like, love it. Healthy. Like, um, another tip for avocados, once they start getting kind of soft and like where you want them, put mm -hmm. them in the fridge because mm -hmm. then they won't go bad as fast. Cause I've noticed like it'll get soft and it's like the perfect ripeness and you use half. And then the next day you come to use the rest of them. They're all like bad. Yeah. Yep. So I put them yep. in like a, what's it called? The Tupperware container and put them in the fridge. They last way longer and they're just as pretty. That's such a good point. I always like, I will get like an avocado that's like ripe, one that's like, like almost there. And the one that's like not ripe at all, like green. And somehow I usually get like four or five and somehow they all just like get ripe at the exact same time. I'm like, okay, guess I have to eat five avocados today. No, it's a team effort. They're like, one of us is brown. We're all going brown. Exactly. I'm like, okay, I think I need to like separate them. So that From each other. Yeah, it's so stupid. I mean, sometimes that can happen though, like the, the gas that they give off from when they're ripening can like ripen other fruits. Yeah. You ever notice like in a fruit bowl, if like there's one bad peach or something, it'll start to like make everything near it go bad. Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't know what to tell you about putting your fruits together then. Maybe just put them like opposite <laughs> sides of the kitchen. <laughs> like just one little apple or like avocado in like each corner. Yeah. 
someone comes in, why do you have fruit all over your house? (laughs) Yeah. And that's like the best metaphor too. I remember like they used to say that even like with people, right? You have one, one bad apple in the bunch and the rest of them are going to turn bad. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. I'm still struggling with, I had something, something to say, like right before we got into the conversation and it's driving me nuts, dude. I hate when I do that. Um, but those are, uh, amazing, amazing recommendations. I love Trader Joe's as well. And here's the thing though, you could give all the recommendations, but, and you, you shared great ones, but people already know them. People already know them. It's just about actually doing it. Exactly. What would you say to someone that, you know, is, is maybe addicted to sugar or just like stuck eating unhealthy, eating fast foods. And, you know, they think about going healthy, but they just don't really see, see the importance. Maybe they're young and, you know, we're not worried about heart disease right now. Right. Not thinking about it. What would you say to them to help motivate them to eat a more healthier balanced diet? I know. Cause that's even sometimes like with our counseling, like we have different stages of like readiness to change. Yeah. And a lot of the people will come in, like eat that certain way, but they don't see the benefit of changing or just don't have any desire to. Exactly. And that, unfortunately, like you said, we can give all the advice, give all the recommendations, but it really just has to come from within. If you want to change, if you want to set yourself up for like a healthier future. Mm-hmm. And I think too, just kind of, been going off of like what we've been saying if you love your fast food if you're like addicted to sugar you need it fine like you're addicted <laughs> for now but just try to implement little changes mm-hmm. just even the tiniest bits like it doesn't even have to be like a salad or anything like quote-unquote healthy yeah. but maybe just you order I don't know two Big Macs two orders of fries and like a large coke yeah maybe make it like a medium Coke, like small, small changes can yeah. really make a difference because those calories add up. Like, yeah, I'm really not for like counting calories, but in the grand scheme of things, like if you're eating that much fast food, even if you shrink the sizes of those portions, you'll eat less calories and probably not gain as much weight if that's your concern yeah. or just not get so much of that saturated fat and salt in your diet Mm. or on the flip side, you don't want to minimize those sizes, then fine. Add in something healthy that day, like some hummus and carrots or a salad with chicken, just all about trying to find that balance. And then again, just really, it's going to come from within if you really want to make those changes, but if you need help making those changes and you know, you can't do it on your own, then reach out to a friend or your parents or somebody like, Hey, like I want to be held accountable. Like, can you help me? start eating healthier? Like, will you do this with me or just whatever it takes? I love that you bring up accountability. I, I think that's the one thing humans really need. We have so much information nowadays. Like it used to be an issue of, we didn't have enough information, right? We, we needed to learn, um, like learn new information. Now we have these fucking crazy ass phones that we can look up anything. Mm -hmm anything. Um, and there's too much information that it's overwhelming and we feel like we can't make the change. And I believe that right now in 2020, it's, it's not really about what, you know, it's about what steps can you integrate into your life to implement and accountability, I think is one of the most powerful ones for sure. And same Um, with 
like starting small because I know it gets overwhelming. You're like, okay, I need to do all these steps to kind of get to where I want to be, but you can't do them all in a day. Just, you can't like you're human. Just do one step at a time and it's totally fine. Like no one's looking at you being like, well, why didn't you do all seven steps today? Yeah. Asking you that it's just yourself. Yeah, exactly. And on my podcast, right, I always share like a baby step. I don't share one big step to like completely like transform your life. Just one little baby step because that's all it takes. So if, if someone was, you know, they're finishing up listening to this episode today and they're like, okay, I would like to make a little, a little baby step. What is one like specific baby step that you could give them to do like actionable today for, to start making changes? Um, let's see what's today's Friday. So this would be a good one since the weekend is coming up, maybe trying out doing that meal prep, prep Mm -hmm. like two snacks that you love, like, or that you're willing to try, like with the carrots or the hummus or like, uh, like yogurt and cut up fruit, just something that you think you would like this weekend, like prep tomorrow, Saturday. I feel like this is a good time to do it Saturday or Sunday, whenever you have some free time, Um, dude, that'd be your baby step. Like not asking you to throw out all your favorite foods, not asking you to like yeah. go to the gym, just like prep a couple snacks to make it just easier on yourself come the week. Yeah. Prep a couple snacks. Anyone can do that. You guys yeah. can do that. I'm going to do that. Thank you for that. Yeah. That for us. Um, I, I want to dive into some myths about diet and about food. There is so much crazy information about diets and food. And, um, I would say misinformation. Like I said, we have too much information nowadays. You are hearing just different things about food, like left and right that are so contradictory. (laughs) You're like, uh, which ones? ones So what are the, um, I have a couple written down, um, that we, we were talking about before this call. Um, and I want you to kind of bust them for us or, or just talk about these. So one of the first ones we were talking about these myths about diet is that all calories are the same. A calorie is a calorie. Can you dive into that a little bit? Um, so again, I feel like if I get any hate for this, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, you think like a calorie in a calorie out, you burn it, you can lose the weight. Yes. In a sense, fine. I know people that are like, well, I eat such and such like this much and I work out and I can burn it right off because yeah, Mm -hmm. a calorie is a calorie. However, Mm -hmm. there's a huge difference if you're eating like 150 calories worth of donuts versus like 150 calories worth of like whole wheat bread or quinoa or Brussels sprouts. You can eat a whole bunch more like in volume if you're eating um, those more healthful foods and B if you're eating that in donuts, like you're not getting the fiber, you're getting way more saturated fat and sugar than you would need. So Mm -hmm. you're still going to have more negative health effects on you than the 150 calories of like the Brussels sprouts, quinoa, carrots, yogurt. So there is a difference in nutrient content. Yes, they're equally 150 calories, but what they do to your body is very different. Mm, Okay. Cause I hear a lot of people just say like, you can eat whatever, as long as it fits in your macros. But health-wise, that's just not beneficial. Yeah, they have their different nutrient profiles. You can obviously see, like, a donut doesn't really offer that much nutrition. And you hear, like, kind of the term empty calories. Yeah. Because you could eat, like, five donuts and still be like, okay, cool, now I'm ready for lunch. 
yeah. it's like no fiber. It doesn't fill you up. There's not those healthy fats versus you eat that in like some like brown rice, maybe some fish and like Brussels sprouts. And you're like, I am so full. Like I can't eat anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I've totally experienced that. But then I also feel like I get hungrier way faster, but with what? With healthy food. Oh yeah. I notice that too sometimes, but I also think, cause like you do get full, but in the same sense of like, if you only ate 150 calories worth of the like healthier food. Yeah. Okay. If you eat that much again in like a couple hours, like it's still, you're still benefiting your body. Also, if you're hungry, like physically, then your body does need more calories. So it's okay if you eat some more. Like, no, I love it because then I'm like almost consistently eating all day. And it is that steady energy rather than eating this huge meal, feeling like I'm going to be sick because I like ate all these donuts or, or or whatever. And then I get to the end of the day and I finally start getting hungry again, but I'm like crashing. I feel lethargic rather than just like fueling uh, just every time I'm hungry all day. So I definitely feel the difference. So yeah, yeah, like one calorie is one calorie, but you can totally feel a difference in your body. I, especially if anyone hasn't seen supersize me. Yeah. I feel like that's a basic, like kind of new, they showed that video to us in like sixth grade, but basically eating only McDonald's for like a month, just Mm -hmm. how he felt like what he gained in weight and like his cholesterol, everything was crazy. Yeah, he was eating like, let's say 2000 calories a day. It's still not filled with the good nutrients you need. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah, that's, I think that's such an important thing to know. Some of the other myths was, so carbs will make you fat. We kind of already talked about that one a little bit, but it's not right. It's just an excess. Right. So carbs in general, as like an entity will not make you fat, anything in excess will make you gain weight if you're not burning it off or utilizing it. Um, And in fact, carbs are like the number one energy source for your body. So you want to get those carbs, but probably in the sense more so of your vegetables and your fruits and your whole grains, like those are still all carbs. I think a lot of people just think carbs like, okay, pasta, bread, white rice, like white bread, like those are my carbs. Mm -hmm. And then they forget like, oh, carbs are also though in vegetables, fruits, the whole grains, quinoa they're still like your quote unquote healthy carbs and they're not gonna make you gain weight the second it touches your mouth. (laughs) Where do you think this whole low carb thing came from then? Right. You see, like when I worked at in and out it's like that cute little like white mom like comes up. She's like, Oh, make sure it's protein style. No carbs, no carbs. I'm like, okay, yes, ma'am. And, and where do you think that like that culture came of like low carb, low carb, the whole girls thing too. Yeah, I think just maybe again, the diet industry, the diet culture, like yeah. what works this week, you know, type of deal. Like I know, was it Weight Watchers or the Atkins diet that's super low carb? Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, almost to the point of being like a keto diet because keto diet is like minimal carbs, like so, so low. Yeah. Um, and like with that, the only people I feel like in my mind that really should be eating like low carbs if they need to are like type two diabetics because they don't have enough insulin to utilize those carbs. Mm-hmm. That's more kind of like from a medical type therapeutic diet. Um, and also the ketogenic diet was developed for like kids with epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And so like these diets that were created for like more in the medic- medical context, 
have been taken out of context now and like people want to use them for quick fixes for like losing weight. Mm -hmm. But in reality, like with the keto diet, you end up putting your body in ketosis because you aren't getting enough carbs. Like it's an actual thing that's going on in your body that usually you don't want to be in that state for too long. So, you know, the second that you stop doing the keto diet, you go back to normal, but people are like, oh, but then I gained weight. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're starving your body of an entire nutrient, like carbs. So I was makes sense. But then people are like, but why? I was actually going to bring that up about keto because that's another one of those restrictive things where, um, you know, if someone wants to lose weight really fast and yes, I, I have seen the keto diet make people lose weight like crazy, but they're not going to do it forever. That's just not realistic. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Like, yeah, I've heard friends and like family members like, well, I did it and I lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, I'm sure you did. I believe you. But the second you start reintroducing like the whole grains, like the healthy carbs, you're going to gain weight because you weren't eating them and probably just restricting a lot of calories. Like what else is going to happen when you do that? You're going to lose weight, but you can't do that forever. Yeah, totally. And, and bringing that back to like self-love and confidence and just life, right? Just life in general. Something that I always ask my clients is like, you know, what are, what are the most important things to you in life? Like your top priorities, if you were on your deathbed and you looked back at your life, what would you be happy that you said like your life consisted of, you know, usually like family, music, laughter, uh, exploration, travel, things like that. It's like, okay, if my life was filled with those things, I would be happy. And I'm like, okay, well, what about having, you know, having a, a perfect body or like losing weight? What about those? Are those important to you? Uh, or is it more about, you know, energy, being able to go out and travel and do things and, and be with your family? And when you really look at it in those terms, it it makes you see it from a different perspective of like, wait, no, sustainability and balance and moderation and health is more important than, than the diet and the restrictiveness. So it's no fun, like counting calories or being like, oh, I'm going to go out with my friends tonight, but I already had all the calories I could eat today. Like I just won't eat or drink anything. Like that's not a fun way to live or be like, oh, I can't go out because I don't have any more calories left. Like yeah, exactly. No way to live or enjoy your life and spend time with friends and family. And that's what I've definitely learned too. Cause I think I kind of thought that way, like back in high school and stuff, just thinking like my world revolved around like my next meal or like when I could work out or something. And those are all fine and great to be like aware of, but don't let that control your life. Like there's so much more to look forward to or let consume your time. Like exactly. the calories are just not worth all that energy and time that you put in like and the calories will never actually get you to that point of like that successful feeling that you were looking for like if you're looking for that confidence right if I just lost five pounds then I would be confident you will lose those five pounds and you will be waiting for the confidence with open arms like where is it and it it will not come so you'll say maybe five more Maybe if I just count calories a little bit more, maybe if I just work out one more hour, then I will love myself. Then I will love my body. Then I will be loved by others. It doesn't work like that, right? Is that something that you found for yourself? Definitely. Because, well, even like looking back, I think 
I probably like weighed the least I ever did, but I was still probably like the most unhappy or most just like hyper focused on losing the weight. I am now like, I don't, I haven't even weighed myself in who knows how long, but like, cause I just like, I don't care like what the number is. Like I'm still me. Like I have two degrees now. I'm starting out as a dietitian. Like who cares how much I weigh? Like if I don't care, other people shouldn't care. And like, if you're, especially I know in relationships, people are always like, well, if I was like a little bit skinnier, maybe I'll get a boyfriend or like if I lose some weight, mm-hmm. but why would you want to be with a person that cares so much about how you look to begin with? I feel like, especially coming from like a confidence standpoint, mm-hmm. you don't want to start dating a guy that's like, oh, you looked a lot better when we started dating. Like, can you lose weight again? Or like only likes you because of how you look yeah like that's no base for a relationship or just that's not that's not a nice guy you don't want to be with him yeah exactly and we we want love so bad that sometimes we do get stuck in that trap of of you know we we want love we want to be loved we want that human connection and we're willing to do things to our body that we shouldn't in order to get that love but once you can actually like understand and truly realize, truly, truly realize that you will be loved no matter what you look like, then you, you, you lose that restrictiveness and you lose that, that pressure, I think. Yeah. And I think too, it's definitely harder in high school, just that kind of mindset. I don't know how young some of the listeners are, but like high school just in general, I know it's brutal. Like if you don't see it in high school, once you get out into college or just your life past high school, you'll realize like none of those things mattered. Yes. If I could tell my 15 year old self, like stop wasting your time, stop wasting your breath. Like, yeah, it's not going to matter when you're 25. Like I don't even, high school seems so far removed. I'm like, why did I care so much? Dude, when I was in high school, that was my world. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was it. There was no life after high school. You're yeah. so <laughs> in it. And now like my life started about two years after high school, anything before mm-hmm. then it makes you who you are, but like, it's completely irrelevant, <laughs> completely irrelevant. Yeah. Oh, so, so crazy high school. And I do think a lot of my listeners, um, are, uh, I think some are in high school or just getting out of high school and they're probably like, yep. Okay. High school is bullshit. Yep. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, another myth I wanted to bring up really quickly is the gluten-free thing. Gluten-free makes it healthier. (laughs) Speak on that, please. So I think this is another term that's been fluffed up to by like diet culture, the diet industry, or just like lack of knowledge on what like gluten-free really is or like what gluten So basically gluten is just one of the proteins found in like your wheat and bread. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. That's like what gluten is. So when something is gluten-free, they've just like removed this protein from the bread. So it no longer has that protein in it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they like removed all these calories, removed all this fat and made it this like wonderful gluten-free, fat-free, sugar-free Like, I think a lot of people hear gluten-free, they're like, oh my God, yes, this is like the skinny bread. But no, it's like developed because some people have celiac disease, and I don't know if you've heard of that, but um, so like when they eat gluten that's found in these bread products, they have like an actual autoimmune reaction 
-hmm. And so then they get the bloating, the diarrhea, and it like damages um, their intestine. And so they just cannot eat it because it, it causes them all this distress. And then there's people that are gluten intolerant where it doesn't make this um, allergic type reaction, but they just get like bloating and uh, just like some uneasy feelings. But then like beyond that, if you're fine, if you don't react any type of way to gluten, like you can eat it, like it's fine. It's not this horrible thing. And if it's gluten-free, it's not like this wonderful thing. It's just made for those who can't like um, digest it as well. And like that's actual health reasons. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I know. I think my mom has fallen victim victim to that a lot too. She'll like buy something and come home yet. Look what I bought. It's gluten free. Like, okay. But we she's like, Yeah, isn't it healthier? I'm like, I mean, not not really. It just doesn't have gluten. Or she'll get stuff like a vegetable that isn't made of grain or anything, and they'll put like gluten free. I'm like, yeah, because it grew from the ground without gluten to begin with. I feel like that's another thing manufacturing marketing just will get you say like gluten free. I'm like, yeah, never had gluten to begin with. It should be gluten free, like meat. Yeah. Yeah. I've even heard like um about about meats and eggs and like different things, like them just saying like weird terms on there to get people to buy it, but it really doesn't make it healthier. Like saying like farm raised or they like what uh made without this chemical or made without this antibiotic but really it it doesn't really mean anything at all it doesn't really make a difference it's just to make it look like it is like healthier or better than the rest when really it's still pumped with a bunch of other chemicals or whatever yeah I think it depends on like the actual if we're talking about meat like some of them you don't want to have like the RHBT like the human growth or HGT, you can go like, there's something that yes, you don't want to have in there, but for the most part, it's like, they'll put on claims of things that don't make a difference, but yeah. make you think it is because it's written there. So you're like, oh yeah, this has to be better. Yeah. Or making claims that are like, well, duh, like it shouldn't have that kind of like I was saying, like the gluten-free thing. Yeah. Sometimes they'll put like gluten-free or oh, what other things do I see? the gluten-free thing just really like stands out to me because they'll put that on things that obviously don't have wheat or didn't have wheat to begin with. Yeah. Some things will say like, um, yeah, that's insane, but they'll do like 35% less sodium or something Mm -hmm. or whatever, or 35% less sugar, but they're saying like less sugar than the most like sugary brand. That's what I've heard. So it's not actually 35% less sugar than it usually has. It's just 35% less sugar than the, like one of these other brands that like pumped it full of sugar. So it's the same product. They didn't make it any healthier. I think with that too, you need to just like flip it over and look at the nutrition label. Yeah. Like, especially they can make all the claims like they want for the most part on the front, but like the nutrition label, like has to be what's in there. It'll tell you the grams of like salt, sugar, whatever it is. That's kind of more so like the, the holy grail like yeah the front looks all fancy and whatever but look at the back because it'll say what's in it how much of it like also the rule of thumb i'm sorry and they can't lie there right right not on there because that's all um by the fda but Mm -hmm. um if you look on the like ingredient list usually the first two or three ingredients is what 
is the most in that product. So like if something you think is like low sugar, they're trying to make it seem all low sugar, but you flip it over and the first ingredient says like cane sugar. And you're like, oh, this is like mostly sugar. Like you're saying it might've been mostly sugar to begin with. Now it has like one little gram less. (laughs) Oh, it's so crazy. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. The gluten-free one is, is crazy. So it's, it's really just, um, that's, that's made for people with celiac disease and gluten-free does not mean it's this miraculous, healthy thing. Right. Um, Thank you so much for that. The last myth that I have to bust is the eating after 8 p.m. You can't eat after 8 p.m. I've had a lot of moments with friends like this where I'm like, let's go get food. And they're like, it's already nine. Like I shouldn't eat anymore. I shouldn't eat after, um, yeah, eat after eight or eat after whatever time. Mm -hmm. What, What do you say to that? I say if like you're, if you are hungry, physically hungry, you need to eat some more. And it's like, 805, 9 o'clock, eat. Like your body obviously needs some fuel of some sort. Yeah. You're hungry, go eat. Um, like <laughs> I know it just like sometimes will my mind like thinking about it. I'm like, when I'm hungry after eight, like I don't even look at the clock, I just eat. Yeah. But um I know there's like some people who think like after eight, like your body like utilizes that calorie less or whatever it may be, but yeah, at the end of the day, like if you sit down, if you lay down, whatever time, let's say you ate at six, but then you still go and sit in front of the TV after you eat. Yeah. That's like doing the same thing. If you ate at eight and sitting down, like Mm. your body doesn't know for the most part, like what, what time of the day it is. Yeah. It might know like, Oh, it's time time to wind down for bed. Cause like it's darker outside. But for the most part, like if it needs fuel, it's going to tell you, you can eat after eight and you're not going to be heavier because you didn't eat at seven. Like, that's just kind of another, all these type of myths, I think really like the diet industry really kind of like scare tactic into us. If you eat after eight, you're going to gain an extra like 10 pounds yeah. or you can take our product and eat after eight and like not worry about it, you know, type of thing. It's, it's all just this marketing. It's just like all marketing really. Um, yeah, I, I've heard a lot about it's going to make you fatter. All those carbs are going to store more. But I, I think that it's really not that serious. It's not that serious. It's just all of these things that we hear that are going to change our bodies and change our weight so dramatically. It's, it's not about that. It's just about, again, balance, balance, yeah. balance, balance. I think with that to the 8 p.m. thing, like intuitive eating, like mm-hmm. if your body is hungry. Like, are you really hungry? You're going to eat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, granted, if you, eat after eight every night being you're like binging on stuff. Yeah. yeah you're going to gain weight. Cause like you're binging on all this food. Yeah. You're, then you're going to sleep. Like yeah. if you're hungry and you want to eat like a little meal, a little snack, whatever it may be, like, don't be mad about it. Just, just do it. I think we need to really just un rewire our brains to not beat ourselves up about like food habits like that. Just mm-hmm. listen to your body. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you feel like you stop yourself from feeling guilty? Like, is there any like mantra or affirmation that you kind of say to yourself or are you kind of just present in the moment and realize when you're doing it and, and just try to let those thoughts go? Because I know some people, um, you know, they, they can hear like, okay, yes, like don't feel guilty about it, but they can't shake that guilt. 
Yeah. How do you feel like you, you were able to just like let go of that? Um, I mean, obviously I still sometimes like will feel guilty if I end up eating like a lot more pizza than I intended if I'm like out somewhere than like I wanted to. And maybe I get like mad at myself for a second, but then I kind of catch myself then and like, it's fine. Like you don't do this every day. Yeah. You know, like I've said before, like I'm going to go to bed, wake up and like, I'll be fine. Like I'm not going to wake up 10 pounds heavier. Yeah. Like I still sometimes do it, but it's just practicing like catching myself and being like, you don't need to be mad about it. It yeah. happened. You already ate it. It's fine. Your body will digest it yeah. type of thing. I don't really have any kind of mantra, but I feel like that might be a good. I think all of those were kind of, kind of mantras. Yeah. Just really kind of, like you said, to being in that moment and like realizing like, oh, maybe I am like overeating right now, but to not get mad about it, just either be like, yeah. okay, I can stop right now or like, I'll eat another piece, then I won't be mad. Just like trying to practice like self-love and be like, would you get mad at your friend right now if they're eating like an extra piece? Like, stop it. Like, why are you doing that? Like, yeah. don't do it to yourself. Like, don't worry about it. Having compassion for yourself as a human. Um, yeah. Even I, I met this one guy and he was like this very, just very spiritual guy. And I was speaking to him about like escaping through food. And I'm like, how, um, you know, how do you like control yourself around food on like a spiritual level? Because I know that when you eat like healthier, I'm more connected to source and I'm like escaping through really bad foods and processed foods with chemicals. I'm not as like connected. And he was even like, he's like, it's so hard. It's, I have such a hard time around food. And he's just so like enlightened in a lot of ways I felt. And he was like, I have to just like hug myself when food is around, like literally physically hug myself and like stay inward because food is so hard to control. And it made me just like realize, wow, everyone really does have uh, a reaction to food. And um, it's, it's hard for everyone. And it's a part of the human experience. So having compassion, like just true compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. And the world keeps spinning. I think that's the perfect mantra. Yeah. If if you eat a little bit more, having saying fuck it, the world keeps spinning. I'm enjoying myself, and that's what life is about: enjoying yourself. Um, so so to wrap this up, we already have you know the baby step that I usually wrap up with. You know, preparing some snacks for yourself. We busted some myths. Talked all about yeah. It's it's all about balance and moderation. Um, like last last like two questions. What is there anything that that we left out that you want to speak on, or any last words that you would want to say to a girl out there that maybe you know struggles with diet and and is ready to make the next step? Um, I think kind of like I mentioned before too. If you feel that you really can't do it on your own or don't feel like you'll be accountable or mm -hmm. reach out to a friend you feel comfortable with or a parent or maybe even journal. Mm -hmm. I know Maddie's big on journaling and I feel like that's another way of being accountable if you don't want to bring in like another person. Um, writing it down, aren't mm -hmm. you? I think it's like 50 or 70% more likely to like do that action or reach that goal if you say it, if you write it down, like mm -hmm. if you're looking at it versus just like, oh, I'll do this today but it's not written down. Like you never think about it again. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be a good step kind of journaling or at least getting out some ideas of like what you really want to achieve goal wise, like health wise, like 
Mm -hmm. Do I want to feel healthy in my body, like just moving more? Or do I want to feel healthier in the sense of like more energy? Do I need to fuel myself with better, more like nutrient rich foods? Just kind of figuring out what you want that goal to be and then writing it down and then doing baby steps. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And if, if your younger self was listening to this and you could say one thing about diet and self-love and confidence to her, what would you say? I would say, I love you and just give her a big hug and tell her it's Mm -hmm. all going to get better. And what you're worrying about right now will not matter in 10 years. Mm -hmm. What you need to worry about is your schooling, your sports, your friends, because that's what's going to last. That's what's going to matter. And they'll still all love you in 10 years if you weigh 10 pounds more, 10 pounds less, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, just really trying to practice that compassion with yourself and that self-love. Thank you so much for that. Um, And for my last question, (sighs) sorry, that's like giving me chills. That's so good. Um, my last question, I want to like turn the gears a little bit because I know the schooling that you just went through was a lot. I think I had, I had one other person I know do uh, registered dietitian stuff, I think, or maybe she didn't even do that. I can't remember, but for, for a girl that's listening that, you know, is, you know, trying to find her purpose, she wants to go after this dream career, but there's a lot of school involved. It's intimidating for her. Uh, or I mean, a registered dietitian and having a master's degree is just, it's a lot. What mm-hmm. would you say to her? Like, how do you stay motivated and determined? Um, for one, you really need to find that thing that you love and are passionate about, because if you don't want to study for that test, because you really don't care about what's being taught, regardless of if it's hard, because even though I loved everything I studied, a lot of it was freaking hard. It was hard as hell. Yeah. But because I loved it, and at the end of the day, I knew I'm doing this because I want to become a registered dietitian. Yeah. That's what kept me motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just first finding what you really love to do because it'll make it easier to study or easier to keep going when it does get hard. Yeah. Um, and besides that too, as much as I love to like study alone and do my own thing, like it does help studying with others because they might know stuff that I don't, or I might know it better than them so I can help teach them. And then that helps just instill it in me further. Um, so I guess those are kind of my two things, just study with others who are basically just as passionate about the same area. And then also just finding that actual passion to keep you motivated. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for that. Yes. Um, I, I just think you are amazing. I just looked at the time and realized how, <laughs> how long our calls that I honestly didn't even realize because there's so much to dive into, uh, with this. Like I could just talk to you, to you forever. You're so knowledgeable. And so, um, in my eyes, so confident and strong and such a powerful woman. And I feel so, so, so grateful to have had you, come on my podcast and and share all of your knowledge and share your light and your love with us. Um, Because like I said, I I think this is so important. I know the importance of it, but even I lose track sometimes. So um, yeah, thank you so, so much for, for being here and sharing. Um, And yeah, and that's, that's a wrap. Thank you for having me. Okay. It is just me again. Um, I, I hope you guys loved that so, so much. It was such 
an incredible interview and I got so much from it. So I know that you guys will get so much from it and you have real actionable and uh, implementable, <laughs> is that a word? Implementable uh, tools and, and action steps and baby steps to implement into your life to create a healthy lifestyle. And again, I feel so grateful to have had Gabby on the podcast. If you guys loved this episode, please, please, please feel free to share it, share it with family, share it with friends, share it with coworkers, um, and feel free to share it to your Instagram story. And if you do, please tag Gabby as well as uh, tagging me. I will leave her Instagram in the show notes so that you guys can have her Instagram. Um, and, and yeah, let us know your favorite part about it, what you got out of this episode. I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts and your comments and your feedback. And I just love you guys so, so, so much. I hope you have the most beautiful week ever and I will catch you in my next episode. Bye.